0: Welcome to You Are Not for Everyone. This is Jackie Henderson. I am a licensed mental health counselor with a specialty in somatic and holistic practices. On this podcast, we normalize talking about important mental health topics such as depression, anxiety, grieving, trauma, personality disorder, and much more. Thank you for joining me today, and let's get started. This is You Are Not for Everyone, and I'm Jackie Henderson. Today, we are talking about being out of your mind. And I'm sure you've been out of your mind sometimes. I've been out of my mind sometimes. And when I say this, what I mean is we are taken over by fear, taken over by anger. We're taken over by worry, overthinking, obsession, and trauma. And when we're overtaken by those extreme emotions and feelings, our reptilian part of our brain is running the show. The reptilian part of our brain is putting us in a fight or flight mode to protect us or to guide us through this, but it's all animal instinct. And when the amygdala part of your brain, the reptilian part of your brain is running the show, that means your frontal lobe where your rational thought, your compassionate, empathetic thought, your clear thinking, decision-making, kindness, all those things are in the frontal lobe. That part of your brain goes offline when the amygdala takes over. And so when you're living in a state of fear, you're living in a state of fight or flight, you're living with anger and rage, and you're obsessed and overthinking, and you're worrying, and you have past trauma that hasn't been healed, that amygdala is in a heightened state. And when you're in that heightened state, your frontal lobe and the mindfulness part of your brain goes offline. So you're no longer in your mind, you're in the animal part of the brain. So what is the mind? The mind definition is the element of a person that enables them to be aware of the world and their experiences, to think and to feel the faculty of consciousness and thought. So have you ever had road rage? And you just wanted to ram your car into the back of someone. You wanted to cut them off. You flip them off. And you're just in a heightened state of rage. You're not being kind. You're not being thoughtful. You're not thinking of the consequences of your actions. You are in an animal part of your brain, reptilian state of fight or flight. And you're ready to fight this person because they cut you off. They went too fast. They were annoying you. We have to learn how to manage the amygdala part of our brain so we don't live out of our mind. And many of us are living out of our mind because we're living in our animal brain and not in our frontal lobe where good decisions, thoughtfulness, mindfulness is really alive and well. So let's talk about these things that cause us to live out of our mind and see if we can find some tools to help us through them. So the first one is anger and rage. If you're feeling angry all the time, you're very quick to anger, uh, rage is right there waiting to explode, and you are very reactionary, it's very important that you learn how to manage your anger. You can go to anger management classes, you can go to therapy and counseling, you can listen to podcasts and watch videos and really educate yourself on how to manage your own anger. However, it's important that you really learn how to get into your body. So I'm going to give you a tool on how to manage your anger. And first and foremost is you need to know what your body feels like as it's getting mad that first feeling you get when you're starting to get triggered and angry. So for some people, they get hot in their skin, some people get tunnel vision, some people's uh, bellies start acting up, they get tightness in the chest. What is your physical reaction that you get when you start to feel angry and rage? And I call that your yellow light or your yield sign. That tells you, you need to step back. Because if you don't step back, you're going to go into a full outrage situation. You might say things you regret. You might do things, break things, punch things, hit things that you can't take back. So that first feeling you get, you need to become aware of that feeling. And once you know what that feeling is for you, when it comes over you, Take a step back. This is called the stop skill. You notice the emotion, uh, the physical reaction you're having. You do the S. You stop and you do the T. You take a step back. And you might have to remove yourself from the situation. If you're road raging, you have to pull over your car. If you're in an argument with somebody or you found out some news that really upset you, stop. Take a step back. O is observe the situation. Real, you can't observe the situation mindfully if you are in a rage. If your emotions are taking over, your amygdala takes over, that part of your brain that's reptilian, and it shuts down the rational thought, the kindness, compassionate, empathetic part of your brain. You are not going to make good decisions if you let yourself stay in this heightened state of anger. So S, stop. T, take a step back. O, observe the situation. Is this situation worth your anger? Road rage, probably not. You're probably just overtired, you're probably moving too fast, you're rushing, and this person just pissed you off and it's not worth your anger. Um, If a spouse cheated on you and you're angry, yes, that situation is worth your anger. If you get fired from your job for no reason, and you don't know the reason, yes, that's a reason to get mad. So when you decide the O, you observe the situation, and you decide that your anger is justified, then you have to P, S-T-O-P, and the P is proceed mindfully. You need to get your needs met. So as far as road rage, I would say take a different street. Slow down, pause, you don't need to engage in that situation. As far as relationships, you may have to have a conversation with this person, jobs, your bosses, you may have to have conversations that are uncomfortable. So proceed mindfully. That means you do not go into this situation when you're in a heightened state of anger or rage. You do not go into any conversation when the amygdala part of your brain is running the show. You want to be in your mind, in your frontal lobe, in your rational thought, mindfulness, paying attention to how your body's responding and being very present to the situation. You want to be responsive and not reactionary. So S-T-O-P, stop When you feel that first physical reaction to getting triggered in anger, T, take a step back, whether it means leave the room, physically step back, or just step away from the person you're fighting with. O, observe the situation. Decide if it's worth your anger or not, if it's worthy of you being upset. And if it is, proceed mindfully and get your needs met. If it's not, then walk away. You don't need to go any further, but you need to stay in your mind, in your mindfulness, and follow these steps to the end so you're not letting the amygdala part of your brain take over. Fear. If you are in a fight or flight situation and you're living in fear, you need to learn how to notice the fear and how to calm your nervous system. Breathing exercises, deep inhales, slow exhales, paying attention to your surroundings, really grounding yourself, calling a friend, doing whatever you need to do to bring yourself back into your body because that fight or flight situation will take over your whole system. And again, the mindfulness part of your brain goes offline when the animal part of your brain takes over. And when we are in real danger, we need that fight or flight to help us escape danger. But most of us are living in fear of the future, fear of the past, fear of bad news. Our fear is more in our heads than it is in real life. So that would be more of an anxiety than a fear. Fear is if a lion's chasing you and your amygdala should kick in and you should run and you fight or flight, you run, you flight. But if you're worried and scared about something that may or may not happen, that's your anxiety kicking in and your brain doesn't know the difference between a real fear and a worry concern that you have. So your body responds as if it's in danger. And if you're living in a fearful state every day, you're worried about everything. You're worried about your future. You're worried about your kids. You're worried about your spouse. You're worried about your home. You're worried about your health. And you're always in fear. That means your amygdala part of your brain, that reptilian part of your brain, is running the show. And again, that means the mindfulness frontal lobe part of your brain is offline. At that point, you're out of your mind. So you need to come back into your mind. Grounding exercises, mindfulness exercises, breathing, fitness exercise, move your body. You need to feel your body again, call a friend, go out into nature, Find your zen, something that calms you and keeps you present to the moment because that fear can really mess with your nervous system. And if your nervous system stays activated all the time, you're going to have some kind of illness, some kind of chronic pain, insomnia, headaches, migraines, heart disease, Anything could happen if your nervous system never gets a break. So we want to start living in a mindful present-day situation. Can't worry about the future, and we can't dwell on the past. Overthinking and obsession. This, If you're obsessive-compulsive, there's medication for people who are actually diagnosed with obsessive-compulsive, which helps the brain to stop firing Um, in a way that causes compulsive and obsessive thoughts. If you're an overthinker and just get fixated on things, we have to start training our brain to come into present moment. We need to interrupt the pattern. So if you're starting to overthink on something, you have to really mindfully pay attention to that. Know your thoughts. Know when you're overthinking and start to pay attention to when you are. And then mindfully try to interrupt the pattern by changing your thoughts. And this can be done in different ways. One is you can call a friend and talk to them about their stuff and tell them what you're going through. You can start reading a book interrupt the pattern read the book out loud so you're interrupting your thoughts your brain cannot think two thoughts at the same time so if we interrupt the pattern with other thoughts then that overthinking and obsession and worry can diminish a bit when we get obsessive and fo- over focused on something again that's causing our amygdala part of our brain to kick in we're in a very fixated state very um, protective state of ourselves. And we're not clearly thinking in our rational mind. And so we need to bring ourselves back to rational thought. And if you're having a hard time beating these obsessive thoughts and overthinking, get some counseling, get a coach, get someone to help you and guide you through this because you need to be able to give your nervous system a break You don't want the amygdala running the show. You want to come back into your mind and be empathetic and compassionate and thoughtful to yourself. What are you obsessing about? What's driving your brain and moving you and making your nervous system heightened? Is it something that you're dwelling on the past? Is it worry about the future? Is it just overthinking every experience you've had? Did I do the right thing? Did I not do the right thing? This is a lack of being in the present moment and giving yourself some real examination of how did I do today? Did I do a good job? Did I not do a good job? Where can I be better? Where where did I do well? Validate yourself. Validate your energy and your work and your Optimism, validate the good things in your life, and start to really shift your thoughts to the good. We tend to dwell in the negative, and that puts us into a dark spot, and we don't want to dwell in the negative. The amygdala part of the brain is our fight or flight part of our brain, it's the animal part of our brain. It's designed to protect us from danger, and us obsessing over things is not danger. That's causing our amygdala to work over time. That's causing us to be in a heightened nervous system state that is not beneficial to your health. Again, you're going to get some kind of illness if you stay in this heightened state for extended periods of time. And then there's trauma. And a lot of people have experienced adverse childhood experiences. They had really rough childhoods, and they've had traumatic experiences in their childhood lives. And even as adults, teenage years, college years, these traumas add up if they are not processed and healed. They don't go away. Time does not heal all things. Counseling, processing, healing, facing them, leaning into them, feeling the feelings, and healing the feelings is the only way to remove them from your nervous system. You can't self-medicate them away. You can't drink them away. You can't exercise them away. You can't gamble them away. You can't sex them away. They will always be there until you take the time to feel them and heal them. And if they're deep traumas, painful traumas, lifelong traumas, I encourage you to please get the help you need, because that's hard work, and you do not need to do this alone. But it's so important that you do it, because when we carry these traumas, we are telling our animal brain that we are not safe, that we are in danger all the time. And imagine going into the kitchen right now and turning on the faucet of the sink and then just walking away and you just let it go for hours and hours and hours. Eventually it's going to make a huge mess. It's going to, the water is going to cover the kitchen, move into the living room, into the bedroom. It's going to fill your space. That's what's happening in your nervous system when you continue to live in a heightened state of fight or flight and fear. Your nervous system gets turned on and it just keeps going. It's flooding. You are flooding your nervous system by holding on to these past traumas. Don't you want to rest? Don't you want to feel better? Don't you want to have some ease in your life? And in order to have the ease in our life, we have to come back into our minds. We've been living out of our minds for too long. Think about when you drive somewhere and all of a sudden you arrive and you realize, wow, I don't even remember driving here because you were so much in your brain that you weren't in your mind. You weren't in mindfulness. People who walk around and don't even take in their surroundings. I always like to put things at my studio when people walk in to see if they notice them or not. Little flowers at the front door. I have a pumpkin there. Last year I had a cute little reindeer. And I like to see if people notice things when they walk in, and most don't. Why? Because they're in their own brains, and they're not mindful of what's going on in their surroundings. I will encourage you to start practicing mindfulness. Start looking around in the space that you're in and take in things. Look for new things that you haven't seen before, even in places you go every day. Start to practice mindfulness, really slowing down, enjoying your food, enjoying your coffee. Uh, Mindfulness is listening to the sounds around you. When you're out walking, listen to nature. When you see a sunset, slow down and enjoy it. When you're petting your dog, really feel your pet and enjoy your pet, slow down. When you have on a sweater that you love, squeeze that sweater. Mindfulness is being present to the moment. It's appreciating the now. It's keeping you in your frontal lobe, which is your thoughtful, compassionate, empathetic part of your brain that makes great decisions for you. It's very responsive and aware. Practicing mindfulness tools will help you to stay in that part of your brain. It will give your amygdala, the animal part of your brain, a rest and if that part of your brain can rest, so can your nervous system. And if your nervous system's resting, so's all your internal organs, your brain, your body, your muscles, your blood. And their chances of illness go way down. You'll sleep better. You may not get migraines anymore. Your heart rate will go down to a normal place. You're not living in fight or flight. It's time to stop living out of our mind, and it's time to get into our mind, our thoughtfulness, our compassion, our empathy. Practice mindfulness tools, and these will really help you to move forward in your life in a peaceful way. Another mindfulness tool is practicing meditation. It's finding your zen. What do you love to do that brings you peace? Usually doing something with your hands is a great mindfulness exercise, whether you're gardening or cooking or sewing or playing an instrument. All these things bring you into present moment experience. We don't want to be out of our minds. We don't want to be living with fear in fight or flight state and worry and anger and rage. We don't wanna be overthinking and obsessed over things that we have no control over. They're in the past, they're in the future. And we want to start healing our traumas. These things will all bring you back into your body. You'll have more peace, more calm, more healthy bodies, healthy brains, healthy mind. Your immune system will get stronger everything will get better when you come back into your mind. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you'd like to support the show, please go down into the episode description and click the link, support the show, and you can buy me a coffee. Another way to support is to write a review or to share the podcast with friends. And great news, my workbook is now available on Amazon. This book aligns with the first 30 episodes of the podcast and provides journaling prompts to help you through self-reflection as you move through your own personal healing journey. Stay well, and I look forward to having you back next time.